Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today, we're going to dive into the possibly awkward but hopefully really interesting topic of self-worth and I said self so many times that I'm already struggling to say it so watch as this gets progressively harder to say but self-worth is something that is I mean it's a recurring theme in pretty much everything that we do um, and quite often it is framed with a lack of worthiness and I think it's really important that we dive into this and We'll probably share a little bit of our experiences and then like just discuss how it can change um, because actually worthiness is something we all are. It's just actually being able to see it and believe it sometimes feels really difficult. But as always, I hand over to my wonderful business partner and very dear friend, Erin. How are you today? Are you well? I'm so much better now that I'm here with you. Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah, I, I am interested in this topic um, and where it takes us, because I think, you know, particularly as women, self-worth is something that I think we often gloss over as a concept because it's too uncomfortable to be honest about. And so, yeah, I'm prepared to be deeply vulnerable and honest about my own stuff in that space, but also like I'm looking forward to sort of exploring what opportunities there are inside the space and, and what comes up. So yeah, glad to be here, excited for the topic, and um, how the bloody hell are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Busy, lots going on, but um, trying to be more mindful of self-love. There you go, get the self-word in again, Um, just because I just haven't had time to kind of put myself at the top of any um, lists, been doing all the things for all the people, um, and which ties in beautifully with what we're talking about. Um, So it's been important to actually try and sort of claim a little bit of that back without going down into the usual stories of feeling guilty for wanting to put myself first feeling guilty for wanting to do things that I want to do feeling guilty for not being at the beck and call of my children so um yeah I'm I'm good (laughs) good good so I'm going to jump right in then because it sounds to me like guilt is something that comes up in terms of your self-worth for you 
Um, like, is that kind of the indicator for you that perhaps your self worth is a bit low? Is yeah. that you're feeling guilty? Yeah, guilt is definitely that is the word for you know. I mean, I often talk about like the big three, the ones that we really don't like. We've got shame, um, guilt, and blame. Like those three are just they're not very good energies to be in. And of them all, guilt is like my natural go to. Don't get me wrong, there's a whole heap of shame and lots of blame there as well. But if we're talking about like the one that shows up the most that I can actually use as an indicator, guilt is without a doubt that one. It's that, you know, feeling guilty for putting myself first is something that I have to work really, really hard on. And, you know, we do this work with clients all the time. So, you know, hopefully they're either not listening or they know that we're still a work in progress. But it is, it's really difficult because we are so taught not to put ourselves first that actually when we do, it feels uncomfortable, but I have to keep reminding myself that if I am filled up, you know, if I have spent time doing the things that that I enjoy, that that light me up, that make me feel good, then actually everybody gets a much better version of me. And I think that's the interesting piece with self-worth. It's actually when we feel worthy, when that little um, indicator is higher up, then actually the rest of the world, and particularly the people that we love, get a much better version of ourselves because we're not generally in wounded energy when we're feeling worthy whereas as soon as we go into that low self-worth then that is where all the stories like the stories go on overdrive you know god some of the stories I can tell myself they're they're works of genius um (laughs) greek tragedy um they really are so it's um it is interesting like trying to find that balance and I know we normally talk about harmony but but trying to find that balance of, of being okay with um doing the things that are important for me and balancing it with the the stories and the guilt is is an ongoing mission I'm not going to lie it's not something I've mastered just yet but what about you how does your low self-worth show up what are the sorts of indicators that you listen to do you have is guilt one of yours or um guilt probably isn't mine actually um I'm much more inclined towards shame I think of the big three um Mm shame is is something that I think is deeply entrenched in my uh, generational ancestral lines and and something that I carry. But what's interesting for me um, is while you were talking, I just got this real sense of awareness, I guess, that we, you know, we're not born feeling unworthy, right? And for the first, for, well, for for the majority of people, the first few years of our lives, we must have a really massive sense of self-worth right because we get lots of attention we get lavished with love there's like from all around and especially as the eldest child right like we were we were god's gift until the next one showed up um (laughs) and and ruined it all Um, no No, i think you know like we aren't born with a a damaged sense of self-worth and you know, we pick up over the years of our lifetimes and our experiences and things. We pick up woundedness in all these different spaces that kind of come in and say, actually, like there's a little bit of trauma here and a little bit of trauma here and a little bit of trauma here. And all of it comes together to um, diminish our sense of self-worth and to um, to leave us perhaps feeling that we're less than we should be. And just very quickly on that, because I know you've got a long, you've got lots to share on that. One thing I think is really interesting about what you've just said is that we come into our human experience without any sort of preconditions around what our worthiness is. And on the whole, and you're right, there are some people that, that this isn't the, the truth for. We are lavished with love and affection and the people around us. And, you know, if I look at the way that you know, my children are treated and, and loved by everybody, 
there is no question of our self-worth. And yet it is from those very people that a lot of those belief systems and those thoughts and ideas about not being worthy actually come from. Yeah. And I think it's a I just think it's a really interesting discussion piece around the fact that the very people who love and adore us and give us you know allow us to you know embrace our self-worth are actually the ones that underneath it all are you know slowly eroding it away through their conditioning and the stories that they tell themselves like you can see how the generational stuff plays out yeah you totally it's literally happening in front of our very eyes and I know as a mother at the moment, that's certainly something that is is regularly on my mind about actually what stories am I continuing on here that actually don't need to be. Um, and then just one very quick thing, and then I'm going to let you back if you can still remember your train of thought that I just wanted to say. It's like I love having these conversations with you because the way that low self-worth shows up for me is so different to the way it shows up for you, and yet we both feel it. Yeah. And I think that's something that's just so like awesome to embrace is that actually when you start to have these conversations, like it might show up completely differently. Like the triggers might be totally different. It, it all might be different, but yet that fundamental feeling is the same. And that's just, it makes me feel a lot more normal to know that you carry your own shit as well, basically. Is what oh, I'm well, saying. I, I'm, anyway. I'm glad that my, uh, <laughs> that my damagedness yeah, you're, you're <laughs> makes you feel better. <laughs> makes me feel much better about myself. <laughs> but Teamwork makes the dream the work, maybe. <laughs> Please no, take I, mine in the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like that generational cycle is really, really interesting. And you know that I love that work. Like my work is so deeply entrenched in how we evolve from who we've come from and how those intergenerational relationships shape us so much. And um, what came up for me when you were talking about that is just that, you know, yes, the people who lavish that love and attention and who who basically inflate our sense of self-worth in some ways as a young, young person are then the ones who start to take that away. Conditions around it. And put conditions on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think part of that is about society and how society is shaped around family units. Um, I think we're getting better, uh, and I speak we, at, at humans, are getting better at um, at holding boundaries around our own family units a little bit more. To some extent, it saddens me to say this because I really firmly believe that multi-generational households have a place in society and that um, part of the erosion of values in society comes from the fact that there aren't more multi-generational homes or support systems. Um, But I think that the erosion of that has also allowed for some of that conditioning to fall away. And so in some respects, there are benefits to that evolution of society that we are stepping away from having grandparents be quite so involved in young children's lives um, because it's allowing for that conditioning to kind of separate out and to allow our children um, and I do believe it is our children rather than us that are starting to reap the rewards of that where they are starting to actually be um, encouraged to be mindful of their own self-autonomy, of their own um, consciousness, their choices that they can make, and the fact that they have individual autonomous value in the world that as children we weren't encouraged to see, right? And I think that's really important. 
that's such a great shout and I agree that there is definitely you know there's a lot of learnings that can be passed down generations and that's a really positive thing but there's also a real double-edged sword with that it does mean that that you know I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up and they were you know delightful very generous kind loving people but they had very particular views on certain subjects that you know I wouldn't have been allowed to challenge or question as a child and that was the way they were brought up you know and to a certain extent that's come through to my parents but my parents have been so much more aware of not passing down some of those things you know it's almost like fighting against what they were you know certainly mum's like a bit of a rebel which is just I I love that she was very much told she wasn't allowed to go around Europe on a train you know nice girls didn't do that she wasn't allowed to go to university she had the choice of being you know secretary or a nurse that was you know what her parents told her was possible and and that was it so she lived very tightly in those parameters what that meant for us as um, teenagers and young adults was they went like there was no there was no constraints around what we were allowed to do we were just it was kind of you know go nuts do whatever and I think that's really interesting when we start to to see some of the bits that they were aware of that needed to be broken down you know like that actually as a woman there should be slightly more choice than nursing or secretarial college but yeah there's still bits that are still carrying on and then that's kind of it's that those are the bits for us to break down like they took it down one layer and now we're starting to like really you know deal with the the real sort of difficult stuff to make sure we don't hand it on but you're right as we start to as those relationships I mean I live in Christchurch so I live on the other side of the world from my family so you know the influence that my parents have on my children is is very limited apart from you know the fact that granny sends presents all the time so they're getting completely (laughs) spoiled yeah skewed view of, (laughs) of, of her but it's gorgeous and I love that they can have that and they chat on FaceTime and they write letters and all of those sorts of lovely things so there's a really lovely relationship there but it's not there isn't like the judgment or the the need to control anything to do with it mum and dad have a very relaxed approach to their grandchildren they love hanging out with them they love just accepting them for who they were and I don't think that was the same you know my grandparents loved us but I think there was kind of had to fit in a slightly neater narrower box than than perhaps our children do. Have you been feeling a little bit stuck? Like, you know you want more from life, but you're just not sure what that looks like or how to make it happen. If that sounds like you, we would love to invite you to join us inside the next round of our six-week She Pathway group journey. This program is incredible. It takes you from point A, where you know that things need to change, to point B, where you don't just believe that that change is possible. It's already happening. If your intuition is screaming yes at you right now, check out the link inside the show notes for all of the information about the program. We start in just a couple of weeks and we would love to see you there. The challenge for us as humans and as women in particular is that we do have that period of life where we first start where everything is lavished upon us and then it slowly gets stripped away. And for most people, I think that starts around the age of five or six, where they start to see some of that stuff come away because you know you're at school now, so you're you're responsible for some stuff by yourself, um, and you're out of the family home all the time. You're not in that space where they have all the control over what you think and feel and do. 
And so that starts to erode. And then you get into that point where you're like a teenager and suddenly your peers have a bigger influence. And so then there's another sort of evolution or another cycle that starts. And then you get to that point where you leave home and there's an an even bigger sort of shift there. And at every point, there's kind of a catalyst that brings about an erosion of your self-worth. And um, and unless you have parents who are particularly conscious and people around you who are particularly conscious, and I think that is really key because we're seeing that now in future generations, that if you look at the teenage generation now, they're phenomenal at standing up for each other. Absolutely freaking phenomenal, right? And they will stand next to their friends, right, wrong, or otherwise. They will stand with them and they will say, I'm in the fire with you and we get out together right and and i really admire that um i don't think that i think they've almost gone to an extreme in some respects and i think sometimes we need to kind of encourage them to just pull it back a little bit and still apply some good common sense in some areas but for the most part like the fact that they are prepared to do that means that their peer relationships um encourage more self-worth yeah they're not eroding each other's Exactly. They're not pulling each other down the way that girls did to each other when we were at school. And, you know, everybody has different experiences of that. Your experience was quite different to my experience in that space. Um, But both of us, I think, still felt at times like there were peers in our lives who felt like they needed to be better than us by pulling us down rather than rising up themselves. And that feeds into our own sense of self-worth. As women, we carry that, we pick that up, we pop it in a neat little box, compartmentalize, tuck it down and swallow it and just pretend like it never happened. And we go on to the next thing. And so, you know, we get through, um, and for you, it's things like guilt. For me, it's things like shame. For someone else, it might be something like grief. Like it depends on on who you are and what your life experiences bring you as to how that kind of evolves but really what it does is it becomes this toxic like coating over your own sense of self-worth that says actually you can't be more than you are because you've got all these things that say you can't. Yeah, and, and we wonder why the pay gap isn't shrinking as quickly as it should. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. A lot of that comes down to the fact that you know self-worth is so tied up with how we perceive ourselves in the world and we're always being told that, you know, we're not enough. We don't work enough hours. We haven't done enough work. We haven't like all of the things. So when it comes to actually standing up and asking for our worth, being paid our worth, that's a huge challenge. And and certainly I know that's a big problem for, you know, a lot of women starting up businesses. You know, they just they're so desperate to show that they can make it work mm-hmm. that it's like they don't necessarily value what they do. So they undervalue themselves, they undervalue their worth. And then that feeds the stories. Like, yeah. you know, we're always feeding those stories and we've got to choose. Are we going to feed it with, you know, good food that changes it? Or are we going to feed it with the same old shit? Because that's no good for anybody. Yeah. I mean, what you just said there about um, not being able to ask for what we're worth. I think that's the second part of the problem. But the first part of the problem is we often can't identify what we're worth. Like we have a really poor um ability to actually identify what our true self-worth is because it's so shaped in our own minds by all of the stuff that we've collected over the 
over the lifetime. And so I think that's the part that I really enjoy is excavating with someone. Says with a look of glee, by the way, people can't see her. (laughs) You know, like I do, I really enjoy excavating with someone around all of the things that they've picked up that tell them that they're not enough, that they they're not good enough, that they're not worth something, that they, you know, they can't have more or whatever. Like when you start to peel that away and they start to see that actually their truth isn't all of the things they've been telling themselves, like that's a real rise up moment. And that's what I love about it is that you can see them start to crack open and it's like they've been held inside this container and they just kind of gradually crack the edges open and then they break it open completely and suddenly they rise up from it. And, you know, immediately following that, there's another container. They literally are like those, um, the, the Russian dolls, aren't they? Like people within people within people within people. Yeah. Um, you're so right. And I think what I love watching the work that you do is about like the energy of that, like the energy of self-worth and how, you know, we often call it, you know, bringing in your power. But that is directly related to raising your self-worth. If you can bring back your power and the way that you do that is just incredible. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to experience it through some of the meditations that you've done and just some of the work that we do together. But when you actually like draw it back into yourself, if you just imagine it flooding back in, like it's a, it's kind of terrifying how much you've given away, uh, <laughs> which was my first thing. Um, but then the feeling of it coming back in, you can't help but value yourself more. And that's not a monetary value. That's just as in you as a person, because we forget that we have every single person on this planet has got something to do and bring to the world. Like everybody has a unique set of skills genius there is nobody else who can be you there's nobody else who can be me and that's something to embrace and enjoy and love and worship the fact that we are these incredible beings that you know arrive on this you know on this planet with with nothing then we are shaped in this way and then through all of that we somehow are these people who know that we've got something more to give and be in the world and we get to see that in other people and then you get to you know connect with other people and you get to see what magic happens when you connect whether that's connecting with your partner and you know growing more humans I mean that and itself blows my mind that you know I grew humans I mean god that's magic um or it's a business partner who you have share ideas and like all of these things just like grow your your worth and I think that's what's really important is we find those spaces we find those connections we find those people that yeah. when you are with them, you feel like the energy is coming back to you. Not that you're giving it out, that you're bringing it back in because that's that's where self-worth can grow. That is where yeah. you can bring back your power. And, and the work that you do in that, oh man, it just, I, I love it so much. Thanks. Thanks very much. I love doing it. Um, you're right. It's so much fun to watch people. Like it's a physical rush of energy and uprising within them. And it's it's really powerful to watch. So I, I really like doing that work too. Um, but I guess for me, what's interesting about self-worth is that I often reference things like past lives and we come to this life with this or that or whatever, you know, there's always woundedness that we come to this life with and that kind of thing. But I I feel like we actually come to this life with a clean slate when it comes to self-worth. We don't come to this life if we think about, you know, being a spiritual being 
and then I'm choosing to come in and have a human experience. We don't do that unless we feel worthy of it, right? And so we come in to this human experience with a very clean slate in terms of self-worth. And like I said, I think it does get a little bit inflated in the first little while because we have the undivided attention of the the people who love us the most and we are the most important thing. Um, And the world revolves around us until suddenly it doesn't anymore and then it starts to erode. And, um, you know, and whatever woundedness we've brought from past lives, I think can shape how quickly that erodes or what it looks like once that starts to happen. But I do think that we... um, we come to this life deeply, deeply worthy. And we come to this life believing that we are worthy, right? And so it has to be in the humanness that that sense of non-worthiness, that lack of self-worth um, has its roots. And so I actually really like what you do inside this space, just to turn it back on you. Um, (laughs) Because this is when we start to excavate what we, you know, what our inner child is trying to tell us about it um, and what our shadow is bringing forward around it and um, what we've picked up in terms of conditioning from society, from our family, from our peers, from our experiences and all of those things. And so, you know, there's there's definitely, when it comes to self-worth, there are definitely human aspects of it as well as, you know, spiritual and and energetic aspects of it. Um, But I think the key takeaway is that we are all deeply, deeply worthy of having what we want, of being loved, and of growing and expanding inside of this human experience that we're having. And what we tell ourselves about that, the stories that we tell ourselves about that being true or not being true, that is the stuff that we have to work with. Those words indeed. I mean, we could talk about this topic um, for, for hours, I have no doubt at all. In terms of, you know, quick quick wins in terms of bringing that self-worth back, you know, I do believe that bringing your power, like being able to visualise your power, you know, I think we'll have to share a meditation to help people do that. So check out our website and the free stuff. There will be a, a meditation there that you can download and, and have a go at bringing back your power. It is an incredibly powerful exercise. And honestly, from experience. No pun intended. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They'll just keep coming. Um, but from experience, it changes the way you feel. You've got to try it. It's immense and it's, an, it's awesome. And I think that's something that's really important to do let's have more awareness around where our self-worth is at the moment and if it's a bit low at the moment there's no judgment yeah please don't judge yourself don't let anyone else it just means that you're aware of it and you know you can actually start to take action to change it so um the other quick one i think around self-worth beyond you know going and listening to a meditation that i now have to create for you (laughs) is (laughs) is that um be really really discerning about who you let have a voice at your table right really pay attention to the voices in your head pay attention to what they're saying so when a thought comes forward ask yourself whose voice is that if it's not yours tell them to sit down right or leave even better but the other thing is be discerning about who has a voice at your table in your life if you recognize that you hold yourself in a space of guilt around how you show up for your children invite friends around who will honor where you're at in your life and will say to you hey I've been there it's okay it's not actually you it's just life. Really think about and be discerning about 
if you've got someone who who is judging you, who is telling you you're not doing enough or you're not good enough or you're not doing it right, just shut the door on that person. Don't let them have a seat at your table. Don't let them have a voice in your life because the more that you can do that, the more that you can be discerning and the more that you can hold space for yourself to be surrounded by positive energy and positive supporters, that's how you increase your your sense of self-worth. Um, and in doing so, you elevate theirs, right? Like who doesn't want to be the friend that when they say, hey, it's okay, I've got you, the other person turns around and says, actually, that's really fucking meaningful. Thank you. I need you in my life. And wise words indeed. Who can have a seat at your table? I like that. Nice yeah. words. Anyway, that is us for today. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope it was insightful. Hope it helped. Um, usual thing, leave a review, um, share, like, all of the things, and we will see you again next week. Right, so before you go, I just wanted to introduce you to the phenomenal person that is my business partner. So, um, Ellie, I'm going to ask you three quick questions um, just to get to know you better, and I just want you to answer with whatever comes up. Um, you don't know what the questions are, so uh-huh. hoping um, it's favorite flavor ice cream and favorite color, or something really easy like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's four questions now. No, um, <laughs> the, the first question is, what is the number one book that you can recommend that changed your life? Wow, that is a big question for somebody who has so many books. <laughs> It's a big question for someone who is a librarian. Yes. <laughs> a bibliophile. <laughs> um, what is the one book? I'm desperately looking at my bookcase to see if there is something that jumps out at me. Um, I think one of the recent ones that's that I've loved that has really helped um, is Witch by Lisa Lister. That just, I loved so much of what she talked about in that, particularly around the patriarchy and the witch wound and and all of those things. And the whole stepping into more, um, you know, our, our feminine power and really owning that the word witch. And I kind of love that. And there's, I definitely want a cloak and I have a coven. So yeah, which is probably my um my most recent book that has that has changed things. But I will think on that and, and think to share some more of because there's many books many many books yeah we may just have to do an episode all about what we've read i think um the second question how does your intuition show up for you oh feelings feelings and senses it's all about it's all about the feels for me so um i was really good at ignoring it for a really long time but it's kind of now i just i just notice it probably in my body first of all there'll be like a little sort of hint somewhere in the body and then there will just be a knowing, a knowing or a sense of something that is just, that's what needs to happen. And and now I follow it a lot better than I did. But yeah, it's that just, it's not a vision. It's not, I don't hear things. I don't taste things. It's just, it's those, yeah, knowing and sensing. It's, it's all me. Cool. Um, And last question for today. <laughs> um, And I think I already know the answer to this, but I want the listeners to to hear it from you. Um. What is your power animal? Oh, my power animal. My power animal is without a doubt a stag. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Shows up for me on cards, shows up in like, yeah, just that is that is without a doubt the the animal that, that shows up for me. Hugely. Yeah. I mean, if there was if I was allowed a second one, it would probably be an owl. 
Um, and well, that's a bird rather than animal. So, oh, there you go. The my my animal is a stag, and my bird is an owl. Those are the ones that have shown up for me many, many times. But yeah, there you go. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of She Is Wise. If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favorite podcast platform, share with all your friends, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.